Hello, this is Yaro, and you're listening to the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. Today's guest is Barbara Turley. Hello, this is Yaro Stark, and welcome to an Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. Today, my guest is Barbara Turley, and I'm going to let you guess where she's from by listening to her accent. Uh, we'll, we'll reveal where she's from later on in the interview. Uh, Barbara, thank you for joining me. Thanks, Yara, for having me on the call. I'm excited to be on your podcast today. Well, I'm glad you're here for, for several reasons. Uh, primarily, we're here to listen to Barbara tell her story, how she's left the traditional corporate career 15 years, which is what she's just told me. She worked for 15 years, transitioned to building an online brand through blogging and podcasting and various other online tools and now makes a living from that doing uh, coaching and is also moving towards digital training products. Pretty much everything that I also do and and teach in the world of uh, blogging and information marketing. And we got in touch because Barbara actually went through my, I think it was Blog Mastermind. I don't know if you did yeah. Membership Mastermind as well. Just Blog Mastermind? Just Blog blog, blog Mastermind, Okay. Yeah. I'd obviously love to hear where that slots in the story, but let's begin the story from the beginning. Uh, it sounds like you had what would you'd call a traditional, normal life that led to yeah. a corporate job, but was there anything entrepreneurial, you know, in your earlier teenage years or, you know, high school, university, any time did you do your own thing or was it would you go no. from school to college to job? Uh, look, I very much went the traditional route. You know, I was really, I went school straight into university and then straight into a corporate job. And I even think in my childhood, you know, my dad was very entrepreneurial Um, he ran his own business. So I grew up with watching my father do that and a lot of his, my uncles and, you know, in the family was like that. But my dad is very, is a real academic as well. And, um, I'm quite academic myself. So he, I think he always kind of pushed me to go more the career route. So um, the only thing I can think of, though, my younger brother is quite entrepreneurial. And I remember when we were teenagers, he uh, one Christmas decided that he wanted to, um, we lived beside a forest and, and, in, and he wanted to create these Christmas logs. You know, those things with the candles in them and the holly that go around at, at, on Christmas tables. You eat them, yes? No, no, no. No, you don't. Wooden, a wooden log oh, okay. handle in it and, and it's got like holly and stuff around it and you just it's like a, a centerpiece for tables at Christmas time so my brother decided to make these logs and I just was so inspired by him I thought okay so I helped him and my only sort of part in the in the whole thing was he, he was deaf actually so my brother's deaf so he uh, I drove him around to um, all the local hotels so that he could go in and pitch his idea and he actually sold 90 logs to one of wow. the local hotels and I was just blown away by this I thought it was amazing so other than that no I had no entrepreneurial um, experience myself through my my career okay, now, we, we, should, we should put everyone out of their misery I did mention your accent where were you originally born and, and where's your brother and your father yeah, so I'm Irish, um, living in Australia now, where, where we're doing this call, but uh, li- living in Australia for 12 years. But I was born in a, in a town called Port Arlington in County Leash in Ireland. And that's where my, my dad is. My mom, my family are there. And my brother, who the entrepreneurial one, is actually um, in London, still, still launching businesses and doing really well over there in his entrepreneurial um, pursuits. Right. So two yeah. kids doing entrepreneur things. So yeah, yeah. Okay, now you said you're academic. Did you do anything business related in your studies? 
Yeah, so when I went to university, I studied English and economics. I mean, I always loved to write. That was the kind of creative pursuit that I that I really enjoyed even at school. But I went into economics and um, I, from there, look, I was always fascinated by the, the world of money, to be totally honest. Um, and as a girl, that's not usually something that girls go for. But I just thought the whole fast moving nature of it, and I just wanted to understand how money worked and you know money makes the world go around I guess so I was very attracted to that and went on to study economics absolutely loved it and then um, decided I wanted to get into the world of high finance so I took a job um, in an investment well an investment bank in Dublin doing a back office kind of administrative job which I completely hated absolutely hated it but I still was desperate to get into this whole trading thing. So eventually, to cut a long story short, I kind of fought my way into a junior um, uh, position on a trading desk in, in Dublin. And I worked as a, as a trader there for a couple of years. Um, and then, to be honest, the weather in Ireland really got to me. It had always gotten to me. And I had this fantasy about living in Australia. So I... Uh, I basically jacked my job and I, I decided that's it, I'm going to go down to Australia. So I, I came down here and within a few weeks I was working um, on the trading floor at UBS in Sydney and living the life. So that's how it all kind of started so it's 12 years ago now. Wow, okay. Was the internet a part of anything in your, at your life at that stage? No. Nothing no, I mean, to be honest, even at university, I'm ashamed to admit that I didn't even know when I was at uni, and I'm not that old, it's not that long ago, but <laughs> when I was at university, I didn't even know. All these people were on the internet Googling stuff or looking up, surfing the net is what we were calling it back then. I didn't even know how to do that. I didn't even know how to turn on the internet back then. I had no interest in technology or any of that sort of thing. I'm always upset that when I went through my studies, Wikipedia wasn't around because that yeah. that must be the answer to every single assignment question you ever get, right? I know. <laughs> University was much harder when we did it. Yeah, that's right. When we only had Google, not Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're a trader. Now, yeah. this is, I find this interesting and obviously yeah. because it involves me, but uh, bear with me, everyone. Um, you, When you got in touch with me uh, through our email communications, you said you were on an airplane yes. and you were having a sad day. Well, maybe I we should let you tell the story. Uh, where, where does this fit? Were you, you're already yeah. a trader in Australia and you said you were flying from Brisbane to Sydney. Was that part of that job or no, was that later on? So that, that came a lot later on. So this was back in the beginning. And, you know, I was in my 20s at this stage. And being being in investment banking and in, in trading floors is a lot of fun. It's a really fast-moving, dynamic environment. It's full of young people. There's lots of partying, as you can imagine. There's lots of client entertaining. And, you know, it's it was just, it was brilliant for those years. But when I turned 30, I kind of got a bit tired of that. I got a bit jaded of it. And I decided um, that I wanted to change into more of a sales role. Um, so, and I left my job and went hunting for something new. Uh, unfortunately, the financial crisis hit in the middle of the whole thing. And I spent about a year trying to get another job because everything was just, you know, it was just going down the toilet, basically. So after about a year, I got a job at Deutsche Bank um, in an asset management sales role. And basically what that means is I was going around and talking about investment ideas and new, I mean, in the middle of the financial crisis, this was quite hard to get anyone to believe that, you know, things would change. But I was talking about investment philosophies and ideas to um, uh, financial advisors, people running super funds, that sort of thing. 
So after a few months of doing that, unfortunately, Deutsche Bank decided to um, let the whole team, most of the team go. And I was one of those people. So it's just things were kind of going from bad to worse for me at that, at that point. And a few months later, it was about two months later, the CEO um, of Deutsche at the time, he gave me a call and he said, look, a few of us are thinking of getting together and um, basically doing a management buyout of the business from Deutsche Bank. And he asked me, was I interested in coming in on that? And because I, I, I did at that stage always think, gosh, I'd really love to run my own business. I had started that thinking process back then. So that's probably seven years ago now. And I thought, wow, this is an opportunity to sort of have a go at being involved in the build of a business without doing my own thing. So I, I basically put my hand up and said, absolutely, yes, I want in. I want in as for, for as much as I can get. And I guess that was my trading background kind of coming out where I knew that although the markets were on their knees and everyone was kind of running for the hills, I could see that there was a massive opportunity in this. So I went into that business and I worked there. I was there involved in the build of that for five years. And I, I'm actually still involved very much with that company. I'm just not there day, day to day anymore. But I learned, I mean, I learned massive amounts and it just fed my, my you know, wish to run my own thing even more over those five years. So it was a, a wild ride. But mm. the reason I say when I was, I, I was flying around quite a lot visiting clients and the reason I say it was kind of a sad day it was more that I just felt, you know, I loved so much about the job, the people, you know, the dynamic nature of it again. I loved learning how to run a business. But for me, I'm the type of person that I like to work in bursts and based around my energy. And some days I could do three days work in one. I'm just on fire. And then other days I'm feeling just totally, you know, blah. And I need to kind of go away, relax, regroup, and then come back so I can fire again. And the structure of the corporate world just doesn't lend itself to that. So I just realized that, you know, I was facing a kind of a, I needed to change something because I wasn't getting one of my more, my most basic needs met, which is this need for flexibility, I guess. And a lot of women are suffering from that these days, especially women who want to have children. They're finding that the corporate world is not flexible enough. So I was on a plane coming back from a conference in Brisbane and I was just, didn't even know what I was looking for. And I was flicking through the magazine on the plane. I think I was on a Virgin flight, so it must have been the Virgin magazine. And I just saw this ad in the back of this magazine for Entrepreneur's Journey. I had no idea what it was about. I had no idea why I was attracted to it or drawn to it. But I jotted down the name of your website and I, I later on that week, I, I looked it up. And I have to be honest... I just devoured information on your website and it opened up a whole world to me of people doing things differently. And it just, everything was resonating with me massively. So it's, it's, it's a joy to be on this podcast with you today and to actually be able to say thank you for that moment that really <laughs> for me. Oh, you're welcome. I, I should clarify, it wasn't an ad actually. Um, I, I've never done can't remember what it was. Was it an article? I can't remember. No, it was an article. It's funny. It's, it was one of those offhand things where I just I say yes to every interview, almost every interview that comes my way, and that was just another one. I didn't realize it was, it was going into a print version of the the Virgin magazine. I didn't actually. Someone sent me a copy. They said, "Hey, you, did you know you're in this magazine?" I was like, "No, I didn't." And I was like, "Oh, that's cool." So, um, <laughs> but it's really amazing to hear like this story because it, you don't really know who you're touching and who you're connecting with and you know years down the line the it opens doors to things you didn't see coming so yeah. that's you know that's why I'm glad you shared that story 
Yeah, I mean, that's three years ago now as well. So I, I want all the, the listeners, I guess, to understand that, um, especially anybody who's at that moment now where I was then, you know, that it takes time. That's the only thing I would say, like, you know, I didn't go from, oh, wow, I found the, the, the site and then all of a sudden I launched my own business. I mean, it just, I did a lot of just soul searching and reading and, you know, thinking, wow, look at all these other people out there doing these amazing things. And I got, I got very inspired for a long time before I took any action. I guess is what I would say. Right. Well, it sounds like your job wasn't that bad. It no, just was no. missing the flexibility. Absolutely. You know, like, and I still, I mean, I loved the guys I was working with. I mean, I just, so it wasn't like I was in this dead end job where I couldn't, you know, I wasn't going anywhere. I mean, my, my career was, was, was going to new heights. I, I was, you know, on a path that new opportunities were being given to me by the CEO. I could have, you know, been head of something. I, I really could have gone on a big journey there. But my soul was just saying, no, there, this is not the path for me right now. So I had to make that decision in the end to to exit. But uh, um, yeah, it was it was a journey. It was an entrepreneurial journey to get there. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, you had potentially a lot more to risk in this case because you were saying no to a job you liked. So that yeah. must have been a difficult decision to make. It's like, you yeah. know, there's only a part of this that I don't like and I'm giving all of it up, including the parts that I do enjoy, for a chance for something potentially better. That's pretty scary. Yeah, and I think, uh, well, look, you know, and to be transparent, I mean, one of the things I did do, I did, I think deep down I knew that I was, I knew instinctively and intuitively years ago when I got this opportunity to go into the asset management business, I knew that my reasoning for doing it was, I thought, look, I know deep down I want to do something new in time. But if I go into this business first, it does two things for me. It gives me a huge amount of experience that will be very valuable later. And it gives me an asset. So I, I mean, I own a piece of that business and it's a very, very successful. I mean, today that business has $3 billion of funds under management. So it kind of set me up in a way that it gave me a lot of, it's even given me freedom now to build something without a lot of pressure and stress, you know, so that I know that some people listening, it's hard to make the jump from a great job into nothing. You know, and I didn't. I didn't necessarily have that situation. No, and I, I don't think. Well, I never recommend anyone does the yeah. the jump into nothing, especially without a buffer or a, a yeah. plan B. You know, something like that. You need a plan. You need you need strategy. You need a plan. I think that's something. I mean, I help people I coach today. I help them to sort of think more strategically about what they're doing. In, in, in business, really, is the main area that I'm coaching people in now. So, but you know, I mean, I only left uh, that job. Uh, last August. So we're now in, I mean, that was 2013. So we're now in 2014 in, in, in May. So I'm not even a year in yet. And I'm already, um, I've got a great platform already built. I'm podcasting. I've got an online TV show called Feminine Wealth TV. Um, I've got some clients and I'm basically self-sufficient in my business anyway. So it can be done. Well, yeah, let's talk about that. So you decide to reduce your role at the company you were part founder of yeah what were you thinking like i i okay you you went to my website and you must have learned about all the people that i was in touch with and my yeah. materials are you thinking well i want to create an online like a blog a business what what, what was your plan yeah. when you left I think, well, when I left, I already had, so I had, I had the plan fully laid out. You know, okay. I knew exactly the name of the business. I knew, I knew how I was going to monitor. You sound like a planner, so. 
Yeah, I know. I mean, I have that kind of strategic, I'm a very strategic um, thinker. But when I first came across your website, though, I have to say I had no clue what I was going to do. I knew I kind of wanted to run my work for myself one day. I had never thought of it being a, being a blogger. I mean, bloggers to me back then were like, I mean, to be honest, I thought they were wasters. You know, I mean, people just blogging online about what, you know, and how can you make money out of it? I didn't realize that you could... I suppose I didn't understand the beauty of the front end blog and the back end business that can be created out of it. And and that's that that was the eye opener for me. Um I guess when I started following you. So and from that, you know, for, you know, from following your newsletter and your blog, I mean, I started to follow lots of other people, lots of internet marketers out there and realized, you know, you can imagine the the world that opened up to me going, wow, people actually can sit by a pool with their laptop and make quite a lot of money. And that just lit, lit, lit me up inside. And I was like, right, I've got to find a way to use my, um, use what I know and turn it into this business. Um, I did start off blogging just to kind of, um, get a creative pursuit to see where it would lead me. And I started off with a blog first called energizeme.com, which is no longer, it's not up at the moment. I've taken that site down at the moment, but it was just a, I guess it was a way for me to start experimenting with writing and blogging and thinking about stuff. But very quickly, I realized that if I was really going to make this a a decent business, I had to use what was my own expertise. Um, Not saying everybody else has to do that, but it was just... I had very strong expertise in in building wealth and now in business and entrepreneurship as well, I guess, from the asset management business. And I think that's, I realized that th- th- there can be quite a lot of money in that, in bringing that expertise to the table. Now, before we talk about this brand that you did build online, I, I'd just like to clarify, when you say building wealth, because this, coming from where I come from and a lot of the listeners, we tend to think of, well, that's, creating websites and, and making money. But then there's the traditional building wealth in the real world, which is often investment yeah. portfolios, uh, putting money yeah. into you know, superannuations, these sorts of buying property. What exactly were you managing and what exactly are you good at? What do you know about? Well, what I would say is originally, I mean, I obviously spent the initial part of my career more in the, I mean, I was in a very specific area of wealth management where I was in the stock market, which is all shares, basically. So trading shares and dealing with fund managers and and stuff like that. And then when I branched out of that and, and went into the sort of asset management side of things, I learned more there, uh, all the different, now I'm going to use the word asset classes here, and I'll explain that in a second, but I went into um, learning and managing more of the all the whole suite of things that you can do in wealth outside of business and entrepreneurship. So an asset class basically is, for example, property is just a type of asset. So that's an asset class. Shares are an asset class. Bonds are an asset class. Cash is even an asset, asset class. And then, you know, in, in going into the um, being a part owner in that asset management business, I sort of added on that entrepreneurship building business, building wealth through business. That was the kind of final piece of the puzzle for me. So now what I do is that I can go across the entire spectrum. I like to deal with business owners as my main clients because I'm just more excited by that end of of wealth, building wealth through business. Um, But where I think I bring in a sort of a different angle, as I say, well, not only can we look at your business and make make sure that we're turning your business into a true asset and not just a glorified job? But also then once we do that, you know, how do we diversify some of that into other assets? 
And for example, how do we start investing in other companies, in other startups, in other assets along the way? And, and how do we make sure that we've built a fortress around, you know, our own wealth, which is all the protection strategies and things like that and risk management and et cetera. So I do the whole gamut of things now. Okay, so going back to then this realization, you've done energizeme.com as a way to experience what it means to have a blog and, and be creative and write. Mm. Then you decide, well, the area where I'm strongest at and I could see where there's a, a money-making niche is in, in wealth creation, wealth protection, those things you just talked about. Were you thinking, I'm going to teach people how to invest in all these different asset classes in a blog? Is is that part of the strategy? Or maybe you can map it out. What were you yeah. planning on becoming on the internet? So I think one of the things that I, again, learned through this whole experience is there's more to, um, you know, you can have all the strategies and tactics that you like for building wealth, but th there's a little bit more to it than that. And it, it gets into this whole thing of what do you actually want? So I'm fascinated by the whole concept of lifestyle design. And also, you know, what you believe is possible for you. So from Energize Me, I kind of got into that whole lifestyle design stuff and, you know, um, subconscious beliefs and emotions and the effect on you in your, in your life. And I wasn't thinking about it in terms of money or wealth or any of these things. And then I started thinking, well, my expertise is over here. And it was actually my dad, to be honest, <laughs> I have to thank him for this, because he was the one who said to me, is there no way that you can take your expertise and then sort of pair it with this new stuff you're doing and, and try and bring it together? And that was how Energize Wealth, which is my actual business now, that's how Energize Wealth was really born. I actually brought all the stuff I was talking about from Energize Me and paired it with the wealth management stuff. And I developed a seven-step process, which is basically, I call it the wealth success map. And it brings all of these elements together and shows people like, what are the actual steps and in what order to make sure that you do become truly wealthy, but also sustainably wealthy in a stress-free way. And that's something that I guess really appeals to women in particular because they don't want to feel the stress and confusion and overwhelm involved in the whole money world. So I coach people now and everything with my programs and my whole website is geared towards saying to people, you know what, I can teach you and coach you to become the leader of your own wealth journey and to make it actually quite a lot of fun rather than something that's stressful. I don't do financial advice, which is personal financial advice, but I do have people on my team that I bring in if we need to do specific, you know, stuff around which managed fund do you want to buy? I mean, I don't go to that granular level, but I have people who can. Okay. So, so that it sounds like you were quite clear on that Mm. Was that before you even started the the yes. website? So you mapped all that out. Yeah. Now, the next step would be to actually do the classic thing, set up a blog, have a place where people can join a newsletter, uh, yeah. you know, set up your follow-up <laughs> sequence, write your first articles, you know, build a presence, get traffic, and then you know, yes. convince people to hire you for coaching. So how did all that come about? Because it sounds like you knew what you wanted to be, but then you had to make it happen, right? Yeah, and I, I think that's the, the technology. As I said, I wasn't, I'm not really a tech person um, and that, didn't, that stuff doesn't appeal to me at all. So I made the decision. And again, I actually planned for this. I, I had the good fortune to meet a, such a great girl who's become a really close friend of mine. And about two years ago, I met her, a girl called Heather Porter. And Heather is a, is a Californian girl who lives here in Sydney and her business is called Autopilot Your Business. And she um, has a kind of a done for you 
uh, offer and I basically hired her. So I, I hired her as a coach for me and she does all my, uh, all my back end stuff. So she fixed, she all the podcasts and everything. I just produced the material and she was really the, the, the brains behind the rest of it. The branding and all the sort of front end stuff is all me, but I did make a decision to hire somebody to do the rest of the stuff because I just felt I wanted to hit the ground running really fast and I knew if I got bogged down in the technology end of how to how to create autoresponders, and I mean it's not hard, but I just knew it would it would slow me down and frustrate me. I should ask, where did you even? What, what was it? I know you studied my materials, but you also took part in my blog mastermind training yeah. program. You talk now with some very obvious knowledge about autoresponders and yes. podcasting and all the tools you use. When coming from a background before where you didn't even surf the web, as you said in university, where did that learning process take part? Well, Is look, it, it's, it's look. The start really was entrepreneur's journey, and then the blog mastermind. And I, I think one of the biggest things I got out of the blog mastermind was the idea of an evergreen, uh, uh, evergreen content. And then I moved on to this idea of evergreen courses. And one of the things I did get an an email from you once, actually, way back in the beginning, where uh, you had said something like, hey, guys, I've got 10 free tickets to this internet marketing seminar in Sydney. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I don't know if that's my thing, but I'm going to go. And I actually got one of those tickets and I went along to this seminar, which was four days long. And you weren't even there. Um, and that was kind of the, another step in the, it was another piece of the puzzle for me where they went through the whole, um, internet marketing model. Right. And I so just, Andrew and Dale Grant, I think that would have been, yep. And that blew my mind. And I just thought, wow, I've, I've got to do this somehow. Okay. So it's all interconnected, isn't it? You'd find yes. a, my blog through a magazine, you read yeah. my blog, you join my coaching program and you get an email about another event. You go to the other person's event, yeah. but then you put the pieces together. You know what you have to build, but you're thinking, I don't want to build this. So you hire your friend, uh, Heather. And then I met her like serendipity got me to, I mean, a friend introduced me to her and I just was like, wow, oh my God, you do all this. And it was like this kind of I, I mean, I'm a firm believer in manifestation because honestly, I just put it out there going, okay, I know what I want to build. I know the, the business model. I don't really know how to do it. I just know what and why. And then the how showed up and Heather showed up and she, you know, she has been kind of behind the, she's been the machine behind it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's always the right path. I've always been paired with a tech person as well. It's I mean, I did initially do a lot of tech myself very, very early on, but I think yeah. it's important to put the creative person with the technical person, and then you can yes. do a lot. Can you explain how this all rolled out? Did you basically register the you know, energizewealth.com domain name, install yeah. WordPress, start writing? Is that what you did? Yeah, I pretty much did. Actually, Well, actually, sorry, I did start writing, but the first thing I wrote was I, and this, I mean, Heather had told me to do this and I I had learned this along the way. I needed to create an opt-in. So I started working on that first and I actually created a seven, in my, with my seven steps, I created that. And then I created a video, video training series behind that. So I have seven videos. My opt-in is seven short videos. They're like three to five minutes long. And it basically teaches people the steps and what they need to do in the, in the whole video series. So I did that first and then I immediately started blogging straight away. And did it take off straight away or where did like, did people show up? 
Yeah, people did show up, actually. People, And then I started, you know, I, I started podcasting straight away, actually. I found that the hardest thing, podcasting. I don't know why. It's, I think it's just, uh, again, technology and, you know, all these things. Um, but I also started my TV show pretty quickly. And people have asked me, oh, my God, how did you do that so quick? I mean, you need all this equipment. And the truth, honestly, is I just do it for my iPhone. I did buy lights, which made it look <laughs> But I just use my iPhone. And I would say to people, you just got to start, you know, you just got to start wherever you are and not get too caught up in the future stuff. You know, if it's blogging, then just start blogging, just start writing your articles and, and get it up there and people will start to come. I'm impressed. You, you basically did the exact model I, I teach in Blog Mastermind you, and you did it in the, in the order that strategically yeah. makes so much sense but it's often very difficult for people to have clarity about like you built the the newsletter sequence the free video series first so that you had something for people to opt into yeah and then you went and built the different ways to get traffic by giving well, content the traffic i think the mistake people make is they go out and look for and you would you would you say this in your thing people go out and look for traffic but like then when the traffic comes you, you, there's no point if you're not converting the traffic into some sort of lead and then again, there's no point if you're not tr converting that lead down the track into a customer. Somehow. Well said, well said. <laughs> okay, yeah. so how well did this all work, though? Because I, I, I hate to give people the impression that, wow, you just start producing content and then yeah. suddenly you've got thousands of visitors and, and people willing to give you money. How, like, Can you maybe talk about uh, where, what are the key things that worked well for you and where are the customers coming from? Yeah. Okay. So to be, again, to be totally transparent, I have good traffic on my site. I'm getting good conversions into my opt-in. I'd like them to be higher, but we're looking to tweak some things at the moment. So you have to constantly kind of tweak and watch and analyze. In terms of my clients that I'm working with, I have gotten those by going out myself and networking and being at functions. However, I haven't sold people on the coaching there and then, or even in afterwards, what has happened interestingly, and this is the benefit of having a good platform. I've had people come to me and actually phone me and say, I've been looking at your website. I've been following you for ages. I really want to work with you. So it's been an easy sell into the coaching, the one-on-one -on -one coaching, because I've gotten people to kind of go through. I say to them, look, I've got my seven steps on my website, go through those videos, have a look, you know, and then you know, have a look at what I'm about. And then they phone me up and literally go, yeah, I'm done. I want to work. So from that perspective, I'm not saying that having a website and a blog is all of a sudden going to have you have this flood of people wanting to work with you. You have to go out and actually hunt some business as well. But it definitely helps to expand your business card is what I would say, mm -hmm. your profile. Now, you decide to sell coaching first. Is there a reason why? <laughs> You'll laugh at this, actually. I... Coaching is the fastest path to cash, I think. Uh, that's just from my experience. But the reason I started coaching, I actually resisted it for quite a long time because I was like, no, I want to do the digital thing. I mean, I'm la launching my first digital training program this September. And I was just gung-ho that that's how, how I wanted to go. But the reason I started coaching is because I had a girl who, I did kind of know this girl, but she said to me, I met her on three separate occasions. I met her at functions we were at. And she kept saying to me, do you have a business card? And then the third time she said to me, I want to work with you. Are you going to give me a business card or not? <laughs> I said to her, she literally like pushed me to coach her. So I took her on and then I thought, actually, I kind of like, I quite like it. So then I started going out and thinking, well, maybe I'll just float the idea with some other people at networking functions I'm going to. And 
you know, I think though, to be fair as well, I, I have a very strong background in, in, you know, in wealth management and, and in this whole space. And I think it helps me a lot with people. People seem to think I'm credible, put it that way. So <laughs> well, you are, <laughs> <laughs> they go, I think they think I have the secret. I honestly think <laughs> I think I have the secret, but my website definitely helps. It helps a lot because they can check me out before they come to me. Yes, there's a whole synergy there, isn't it? It's like yeah, my website that, is the sales machine. Put it that way. You're right. Yeah, it is. The, it's the background check as well. It's what people need to see in order to believe you. Um, yeah. After and, the initial I, impression, I put out a lot of content every week. So every week, I have a TV show that goes out online. I've got a podcast, and I do at least one blog. So there's three pieces of content that go out. So my website actually only really launched in kind of February, March this year, really, because I spent a long time fiddling with it. But since then, I mean, I've got tons of content up there already. So it looks like I'm, it looks like I'm in business a lot longer than I have been. Mm. Oh, that's what you need—a database of, of past yeah. content. Now, I'm curious, how much did you decide to charge for coaching? Did you have a, a guide for that, or you just pull the number out of your hat? Um, I started off in my head very low, and then I w- went to another seminar, and I happened to um, one that was specifically about coach, high-end coaching. And again, that just opened my mind a lot more to what the possibilities were for for what I could charge. And I decided to uh, I had I, I met some coaches that were charging ten grand a month, which is massive. And again, blew my mind. I was thinking, wow, you get ten clients at ten grand a month. There's a million dollars right there. So that's you know, um, not saying it's easy to charge that. I decided that that was too way too high for me. So I started out um, charging two thousand dollars a month, and my aim would be in a year's time to double that fee for one-on-one coaching. And I've been getting it. So (laughs) that was that, wow, I've been getting it. I'm actually, people are paying me this and they're still paying me. It (laughs) also weeds out. I mean, I think, and this is a key point. It weeds out the ones that are not, I want to work with people who are very serious about taking their business to the next level. Uh, the ones who are not are not going to pay the fee and they're not my client and that's okay. But yeah. they, then I've structured my, my group training program uh, and I'm still trying to work out the pricing for that at the moment. But my idea is that those that are not ready yet to take that big jump into one-on-one coaching, they can come into my three-month training program and I will be live on there. I'll be coaching them, you know, in groups through what they need to do and, and all the steps and getting them built that way. And that will be a lot cheaper mm. to do that way for the people who are not ready yet to take the big jump uh, yeah exactly and it's important to have the different tiered levels of products too and it, you're still very early stage with this online business and i think yeah. coaching is a great first choice and even if you're not in the world of, of money like people will often hear someone like yourself talk or myself talk and yeah. say well i'm charging two thousand dollars a month they say well that's because you're working in the an area of making money yeah, exactly yeah. you know and i think there's a lot of opportunity in health, in wellness, in um, totally. other niches outside of making money. And okay, maybe you won't have a ten thousand dollar a month client, but you certainly could have one thousand dollar a month clients yes, and, and so on. So, and okay. I think well, another thing I learned, and actually I'd like to give this little tip away, I, I, and I learned this sort of along the way. Another coach actually said this to me. Um, he said, "Don't make the decision for your client about how much you're worth." So often what we do is we kind of apologize about our pricing or we, 
discount and things like that and feel bad and feel guilty about it. But you don't really know what your client is thinking and you don't know what you got to figure out. It's the result. It's not about saying, well, I only spend two hours a month or four hours a month with this client and I'm charging them $2,000 a month. You got to look at it in terms of, well, what is the result that I'm giving them? And what is the opportunity cost of them, of them not getting that result? Like what's the cost of if they don't get that result? It's massive, actually. And even in health, it's massive. Exactly. It's a, it's a value exchange. And you, if you're yeah. charging 2000 then you should be delivering more than that in value to the client. Uh, obviously, in some areas, it's hard to quantify. But if it's, for example, weight loss or depression mm. or things like that, I mean, what's the price of dealing with an issue want? like that? Yeah. You know, $2,000 to never feel depressed again, that's a pretty good value. So, yes, um, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of opportunities. Okay, so... It sounds to me at the moment you're in a situation where, well, maybe I'll ask you the question. What is the day in the life right now of Barbara? How do you live right now? Uh, actually, it's, it's, it's great. I mean, at the moment I'm in Noosa. I'm at a friend's wedding. So the beauty of what I'm doing now is that I have the flexibility, first of all, to work from wherever I want, which is what I really wanted. I want to be able to work from anywhere whenever I want. Um, I'm slowly getting to the point now where I was in the beginning in the first six months, it's hard work. Like I was working seven days of the week, 24-7, because you're trying to get this thing up and running. Now I'm at a point where I'm probably working about three and a half days, maybe four a week. And my goal is to get that down to three. I'd like to work three days a week. So a day in the life is I get up, I I don't start work till about 10, even though I'm an early riser. I like to kind of do my own thing in the morning and just go and have coffee and, you know, meet up with friends. Then... I usually come back and I, I like to work straight through. So I'm not a person who takes breaks in the middle. I probably work till about four or five. And then I pretty much shut down at about four or five o'clock in the, in the evening. So I don't, I don't work in the nighttime. And then I just go at it again the next day. But I'm very structured about how I work. So in the beginning, I found I was doing little bits of everything every day and things were very scattered. And because of that, I became very scattered. So now I have... For example, Tuesday is a big day for me and Tuesday is content creation day. And I do all of my content for the week on Tuesdays. Wednesday morning is product creation day. Uh, Monday is kind of lead generation and clients. And then Thursday's clients, uh, you know, Thursday, Friday's clients. That's why, how I kind of spread it out. And you find that works well for you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. I think I'd like to get to a point where maybe I do a few days a month of content creation and actually narrow it down even more. Mm. Maybe the one time, but I'm I'm just playing with that at the moment. Mm. But again, the beauty is that I can make those decisions for myself and whatever works for me. And, and where do you want to take this business? Like, what's you're you're making a full time income from coaching, and you're yeah. you're working on a digital training program. So obviously, the income is going to start spreading yeah. across different products. Where are we going? So eventually, uh, my big plan is that, I mean, I love to write. So eventually, I would just like to be, you know, speaking on this topic. This, my topic really is women and wealth. And I like to focus on women because I think having come from a very male-dominated industry myself, women are not naturally attracted to the, the whole wealth and, you know, making lots of money. I mean, they want to make lots of money, but they're, they're, they feel uncomfortable about it. So I'd like to be a speaker on that topic, writing books on that topic, um, running my digital training programs all over the world. And eventually I would like to have coaches who are trained in my system and my steps, um, not working for me, but uh, working with me where they run their own franchise. 
franchise business, yeah. Right. But I sort of lead the charge where I'm like the, the leader of that whole philosophy and the, they're on my philosophy. The, the Tony Robbins of, of women wealth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't, that's not resonating right. <laughs> okay, not a Tony Robbins fan. <laughs> that's the model I'd like to run. But at the moment, I can't get too caught up in that because that's the big vision, you know, and you can get swallowed in the big vision sometimes if you, you you've got to focus on what do I need to do today to get one step closer mm -hmm. to that, yeah. that vision. Cash flow and, and then yeah. expansion yeah. and so on. Um, probably start towards wrapping it up now, Barbara. I, I do have one question. It's a little bit self-indulgent, but I also think it can help the listener. How, as a person who's clearly taken a lot of programs, and, I, and you also took my, my blog mastermind program, yeah. for the people listening in, What's the benefit? Like, do you think? Because there's always the option to go and study all of this yourself for free. Don't have a coach. Don't take a training program. And there's a time and place to do that, especially if you know financially you're constrained. You don't want to spend your your food money on hiring a coach or taking a course. But when is the the time to take a course or hire a coach? And and why would you do that? Look, I'll tell you, when I, um, back when I did your course, so the first one, I was in a situation where I had taken everything I had and more, everything financially that I had and more, and I had sunk it into the business that I was working in. So I had no money. Like, I'm being honest, I was kind of broke. I was sort of asset rich because I had this company, but it was in the middle of the financial crisis. Things were very hard in the beginning, and I was totally broke. So I kept thinking, you know, you sit on these things for ages and you wonder, am I wasting money and should I buy these course and should I, you know. So I spent a long time doing it. I, I devoured everything free that I could get my hands on. Every video training, I did everything. So I would definitely recommend do as much free stuff as you can get your hands on. But it does get to a point where you say, I need to learn more because when you do a course, it's more structured and you learn the strategy. And you, 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 I also think when you invest in something, you invest not just financially, but emotionally in it. And you actually do the work in terms of hiring a coach. Um, you know, it took me two years to get to the point where I hired a coach, but what I would say about hiring a coach, you, can you get there by yourself? Some people can, but it will take you an awful lot longer. A coach will get you there faster. So if you do have the money or you're willing to kind of take, I wouldn't say take a gamble, but if you want to filter money from maybe frivolous spending into a coach, I think it's probably one of the better things that you can do. And maybe take the pain on not buying so many clothes and shoes and holidays a year. <laughs> you know, because there's always money. I call it the hidden money. There's money hiding everywhere in people's lives. And um, if you want it badly enough, you'll probably find the money. Mm. I like the idea of diverting from frivolous yeah. things to education and benefits that help you grow. <laughs> we all have frivolous spending, even when we have no money. Oh, for you know, sure. I think I could take my uh, my chocolate allowance and probably t yeah. take a few courses from that. <laughs> so. Yeah. So I, I I'm a big believer in coaching, and I think you take you know, like I say, take the steps. You you do a lot of free stuff first. Get really comfortable with kind of what you want to do, and then you know, take a course, learn that course, and implement something, and then do another course and implement something. Um, and then when you're ready to take the big time, though, then you hire a coach. That's when you want a coach. And speaking of which, if, if people are interested in, in firing, in firing, in finding you and potentially hiring you or certainly looking at what you do, I'm guessing it's energizewealth.com. That's with an S. With an S, yeah, energizewealth.com. Um, and it's the same on, on Facebook. And if you want also femininewealth.tv feminine is my uh, TV show where I basically interview female entrepreneurs 
and investors. It's not just business owners, it's investors as well um, on the whole creating truly conscious wealth. So it's not just about money. It's about, you know, really creating change in the world and, and you know, using money as the ultimate tool with, to, to unlock your, your own freedom and everybody else's freedom too. So it's a really good, it's a really interesting show. Awesome, Barbara. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what you continue to get up to and, and seeing this this vision come yeah. to, to life. And uh, maybe Gee, I, better make, I better make it happen now. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've stated <laughs> it publicly now. <laughs> yeah, public declaration. <laughs> yeah, accountability. Step one, right? Um, yeah, awesome. Anything else you'd like to throw in before I wrap up the show? Well, I just again like to say uh, thank you to the, for the, this opportunity to be on your podcast. And when I got, saw the email come out about you know um, anyone who had done your course that would like to come on the podcast, I actually did think to myself, "Gosh, my story for you is an interesting one because you were literally the you opened the gate, and uh, I'll be forever grateful for that." So, <laughs> well, you're I'm, I'm, to tell the story. You're welcome, and thank you for stepping forward and being willing to, to share the story. I, I, I love the, the airplane magazine part of it, because that's not my typical way of finding a person yeah. to take with my program. So uh, maybe I should start advertising in airplanes. There yeah, you go. You get all those corporate people who are bored of their jobs. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thank you, uh, Barbara. I, as I said, I'll keep an eye on what you're up to, and, and good luck with your business. Um, everyone else listening in, thank you for joining the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. My name is Yaro. You can find me by Googling Yaro, Y-A-R-O. That's the easiest way to find me. And I uh, hope you enjoyed the show and I'll talk to you again very soon. Thanks, Barbara. Thanks, everyone else. Bye-bye. Bye.